I will still fill you with crumpets, madam. What? Through the mouth. Not everything hey, is vaginal. Still a sex act. <laughs> <laughs> just, just saying. Captain's Pod, Stardate 6122.32.1. Welcome aboard the Starship's Enterprise, and thank you for joining us as we take a brief shore leave from the world of cinema since to explore the universe of Star Trek. I'm your Captain Ian Whittington, and with me as always, she's the template for life in the galaxy as we know it, it's Ambassador Danae. Hi, it's me, I'm Ambassador Danae, and I've been here the whole time. Why are you saying that as if you haven't? You have. I am definitely not an imposter right now. Wait, what? Did you, did somebody, I have to do a blood test. I am definitely not the twin. Wait, you have, wait, I, I, so whenever we do this, I have all of these Star Trek episodes that jump into my brain. So now I'm thinking of all of the ones where like someone is cloned or has a doppelganger. And then there is a twin episode where Will Riker meets his transporter twin, Thomas Riker. And then Thomas Riker turns up in a later episode with Riker's exact beard, except he peels the sideburns off to reveal it's just a goatee and he's evil. Um, Which episode do you want? Do you want to be the transporter clone? Do you want to be the alien clone? Captain, okay. Are you feeling... We're literally Ah. doing data and lore episodes. I'm trying to do a data lore thing here where I'm the evil twin. Oh, how did I miss... How did you miss... Are you okay? We're done. Law's finished. We're moving Lore on. was last week. We're moving on. He We're really still doing is data. Done? He's he's done for TNG, yeah. Really? Like there's we no more? We've seen all of the lore episodes. I didn't know until now. I thought that there I was a chance. Literally like titled last week, like the climax of Law's Arc. He's done. An arc he's doesn't out. doesn't mean it's over. It just means it the was The climax of what? The it's... end of his arc. The climax of a Did rainbow. Did you say end of arc? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I was end of super arc. paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Well, there is a, a needle behind you. Um, if you would just like to take a little blood test for me and then okay. send it off. And I'll see if you're a, a clone, a founder, um, a hologram, or a transporter twin, or an android. I want to see hologram blood so bad right now. You really don't. <laughs> Why? They, they just keep gushing. It's holographic. <laughs> it, just, it never ends. It's just it's an absolute bloodbath. But under a microscope, it must be really sparkly. I I think under a micro, it's hmm, it, whatever light particles look like under a microscope, which you can't because they're moving faster. Than, I really don't understand how holograms work, by the way. I can tell, but that's okay. I know, I know because that it's light I'm and force fields. Right, like, so it's light and force contain fields contain the light. You add some water, okay? No, nope, you no. Sh- sh- listen. You okay, you sorry. lower the temperature. My, my yeah. <laughs> so that it's like slows it all down. This is and... how you make Frosty the Snowman. <laughs> <laughs> this is how you make a Frosty slushy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Holograms are slushies in Danae's world. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, we know what she's getting from the replicator. Okay. So we're still doing data then stuff. Yes. You said. This week okay. we're still doing data episodes. Um, and this week is the season two episode, um, Elementary, um, my dear data, which is. Full disclosure, we're nearing to Christmas. This is like a Christmas gift for me. Actually, this will come out after Christmas Day. So, Merry Holidays, everybody that celebrates holidays. Give yourself the gift of this episode because it is such a great episode. The one thing that you'll be disappointed with, I predict, is that Beverly isn't the doctor of the Enterprise in this season. The whole season? Gates McFadden isn't in season two at all. 
um, they write it so that she's heading up Starfleet Medical. And they weren't too sure if she was coming back for season three. Well, they weren't even sure if they were getting a season three. Um, so she's replaced by um, um, Diane Mulder, Mulder um, who's called, uh, her character is called Catherine Pulaski. And she is the most sarcastic, dry-witted character, I think, possibly in all of Star Trek, other than the holographic Doctor from Voyager. Like, she's kind of on a par with him. Are you forgetting about the cat doctor from Lower Decks? Yeah, okay, no, she's just brutal. She's just like, I'm going to take your leg. Here's my bone saw. She's not quite like that. She has more heart than that. But what's great about Pulaski is that she butts heads with Picard so, so much. Like, they get more development than Picard and Beverly do for most of, like, the entire series. But she features in this episode quite a lot. So I just wanted to preface that she is the chief medical officer um on the enterprise for this entire season and i'm i cannot wait to hear what your thoughts are on well, her compared to beverly let's fucking go let's fucking go two to the holodeck Welcome to 10 Forward, the part of the show where we grab a drink from the replicator, but not a drink anything the ambassador wants, because I'll get told off and share our immediate thoughts and feelings on the episode. We just wanted to give the most important question first. What's your beverage of choice? Please do not give the replicator sentience. <gasps> Does it have to be a beverage? I was going to say crumpets. You can have crumpets. Have You're crumpets. just a beverage. How many lumps? In a crumpet? <laughs> Bloop. <laughs> just, yeah. How many, just how many a lumps crumpet of butter? with one... <laughs> How many lumps of lard on your crumpets? Is you wouldn't have known what a crumpet was had no. you not visited England. No. You would have been so confused by the stuffing of crumpets. Okay, we'll get to the that in a stuffing. second. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about mm-hmm. crumpets for a second. Mm-hmm. These things are fucking great. Right. If you've never had a crumpet, but you love bread. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like bread. No. Crumpets are nothing like bread. After this is a terrible it's comparison. It's Consistency-wise, it's breadish. It's closer to pasta than it is bread. Like I understand is, that, but I'm talking to people who've never had a crumpet before. It is the most fantastic. Help. You know what, Ian? Shush while I talk about crumpets. <laughs> Shush. I'm an American Spreading trying lies. to describe. Okay, you know what? Fuck it. Good luck, everybody out there. You can send your complaints to Ian at cinemasins.com for not letting me describe crumpets. Continue to describe the crumpets, please. Please title it. Shut up and let her talk about crumpets. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say crumpets, but you said a drink. So I guess I'll go with the tea, Moriarty's delicious, surprisingly delicious tea. Mm, Well, I'm going to go with crumpets. So this week we are talking about season two, episode three, elementary, my dear data. Or is it just elementary, dear data? Elementary, dear data. Um, in which... Can can I, can I do, can I do it now? Can I, can I I do the overview? Please, please. While I Google crumpets, you do the overview. If you fucking talk about crumpets again, I'm I'm going to get, crumpet. I'm actually going to get upset. It. You literally started it. Because <clears throat> I fucking love crumpets. So, okay. And you, you're ruining the crumpet experience for me. And that's sad. While the Enterprise has nothing to do until they rendezvous. That's pretty, I mean, that's, you good. Gotta, yeah. that's good. <clears throat> uh, Data wrestles with what solving a mystery really is. And the doctor turns out to be correct when she says that Data will fail at being a real detective because ultimately oh, so Picard gosh. saves the day. Yes. <laughs> the end. I never thought about that. Pulaski was right she all was along. She right all along. Oh, no. That's terrible. I hate it. Okay, here's the... No, no, no. That's all you need okay, to know. Okay, no, that's, that's it. That's all you get. That's all you get. Okay. I'm just going to... 
Um, my next thing was to talk about it, and I can't now. Okay, general thoughts and feelings on the episode. Ooh, Danae. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, this is a great, so great glad. episode. I highly recommend this episode if you've never watched. Uh, if you've never watched <laughs> it before, um, yeah. it has a lot of really interesting elements to it. It's going for heart. It's going for like the curiosity of data, but also the curiosity of holodeck, and also the curiosity uh -huh. of sentience. <laughs> Just the very existence of what makes life life. Yeah. It is, for like a whimsical episode about Sherlock Holmes, it is so deep. It is tackling some of the deepest questions that Star Trek ever tackled. Yeah. It's, it's it, everything about why TNG is, is incredible is in this episode. It's also a really great episode because the cast is having fun and it's not a serious, there is a serious element to this episode. There is like a sense of you know, like danger and dread in a way, but it all, but it's really joyful at the same time. Like they're having a good time. They're having a bad time for a really short amount of time. And I mm -hmm. am curious about a couple of those things. We'll get to that later. But this episode was a lot of fun to watch. There's, there's something really magnetic about watching Jordy and Data oh, right. geek out in the holodeck. Ugh. And it's something that I didn't realize I needed until I saw it. And it was great. I loved it. Their, the the casual way that the show makes them a buddy duo, just gradually, 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 episode by episode, is the gift. They are my all-time favorite partnership on on TV. They are so, 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 so great. And there there is just so much joy in this episode. Like, it just... Rah, okay, general thoughts before I get into my specifics. This feels like almost a Christmas episode for me, because I think I would always watch like Sherlock Holmes over Christmas. Oh, interesting. Even though this doesn't have like a holiday theme to it, they're all dressed up. They're in Victorian London. It's a bit whimsical and until it isn't. Um, it just it's one of the episodes that we were I would always chuck on um over Christmas and stuff. It's yeah. one of my go tos. It's one of my favorites. There's a couple of moments in this episode that are like, oh, <gasps> you know, <laughs> that's so great. Like when. The holodeck Moriarty calls through the arch. Computer, and you're, arch. And it appears, <laughs> if you're not concerned about that, you don't oh, understand no. what you're watching. And that's okay, because that's what we're here for. <laughs> not everybody knows what's going on. I oh. knew that, okay, the music is a cue as well. But I was like, oh. how did the holodeck program just do that? Oh. But It does the timing on those reveals so well. Data, no, Holmes, but not Holmes. Watson, but, but not, not Watson. Watson. And Geordie's just like, Data. He's talking out the side of his mouth. On the holograms day. <laughs> and Data's just like, let's shit. get the fuck out of here. <laughs> let's go. And just the dramatic reveal of like the Enterprise draw. Like Geordie, uh, Data holds on to that drawing for so long. And Geordie's like, where are you going? Stop running away from me. Tell me why this is bad. And he's like, look, it's the Enterprise. Look at it. Oh, yeah, I love it. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, mm. There's some things that I didn't like about it, but. That's okay, true for okay. everything. You can talk a lot a in this instance. Mm -hmm. I think I have I have one sin for this instance. I have so little because I love it. No, I have more than that. But I love this episode so much. Do not take it's our job. It's fine. You can do it. But first, let's talk about the great, great stuff. What did you think? Uh, I'm dying to know this first. What did you think of Snarky Pulaski, the replacement chief medical officer? This will be your first. We have seen her in episodes that we haven't done a podcast on, but this will be your first exposure to look a, a full episode of Pulaski. Um, I think I've seen her before, but that was because we really watched a lot of Star Trek 
when I was yes, in England. Uh-huh. <laughs> and there was, and Surprise. I remember seeing her, but I don't remember what episode it was at the time. Um, oh, it was, sorry, it is um, Times Squared. And this is when Picard meets a version of himself from Six Hours yes, in the Future. Yes, she was there. And they have no idea why, man, we, we should do that as an episode. That's a, that's a great one. Yeah. Um, so I had seen her before, so I wasn't shocked by her too much. I really, mm. I really didn't enjoy her i'm gonna be honest Mm. um Mm -hmm. there was no that's fair there was her with the exchange with moriarty that was a little bit interesting so um the computer creates moriarty to be this 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 fictional character from this time period and then amps up the programming to make this character able to quote unquote defeat data Mm, that was the purpose of the program to confound data no, an opponent an, capable an of advers- yeah an, an opponent yeah, that an would specifically yeah him. um and so there's a m- couple of scenes where this moriarty character as it's evolving to be able to do what its programming is designed to do uh where there's an exchange with the doctor and she's kind of playing coy because moriarty knows that more knows that it's on a ship and it knows there's a captain it's learning all of the information it needs to learn and or wants to learn because it has its own desires at this point mm. and apparently it's horny and wants to fill this doctor with Wait. crumpets N- no which is a euphemism no it is for not. wanting to boink on the holiday he is a he is an english gentleman from the 1800s <laughs> their crumpets are exactly what they are damn it we mentioned crumpets again <laughs> fuck we went. We were doing so good. <laughs> no, that's not what they mean. They do not mean fuck. Yes, like, there's nothing, nothing okay. about it that we okay. mean. Okay, and I quote, oh. and I quote. <clears throat> go on, go on. Give me the quote. But I will still fill you with crumpets, madam. What through the mouth? Not everything hey, is vagina. Still a sex act. <laughs> <laughs> just, just saying. My goodness. So sorry. Is this why you he do or do wink, not like wink, Pulaski? Nudge, nudging pretty hard mm-hmm. on that crumpet mm-hmm. reference i'm just saying mm-hmm. anyway anyway she was playing coy like oh i don't know what you're talking about that you're not on a starship oh i don't know who you're talking about like you know picard whatever i like that scene with her because she seems to be very intelligent she's playing this mind game with the computer she knows something is mm. wrong but she's still kind of playing she's still i think trying to figure that out uh but it, yeah I, I didn't mind her in that scene but i didn't like how she was talking about data and she can fuck right off with that shit pulaski is fascinating um i really really enjoy pulaski um it's i don't agree with her but i enjoy her and what she added to to the cast because she was the only person that where there was any like kind of real conflict so she really struggles with the idea that data is a sentient being and a person she she struggles to get past the idea that data isn't just a computer that is designed really, really well to emulate how a human would act. She really struggles to make that jump. And I don't know if we condemn her for it or damn her for it, but it is, she is open to explaining more and she has some like great conversations with Data throughout the series. There's an episode we probably definitely won't watch where she calls him Data and Data corrects her and says, my name is Data. And she's like, what does it matter? And Data says, one is my name, one is not. What a and bitch. And she, she gets her tricorder out and starts scanning him and says, my good, goodness, am I detecting emotion on you? And tries to have this little argument of, well, why does it matter what, how I pronounce your name? You're, an, you're a machine, you shouldn't care. And he's just like, 
it's my name. I'd like you to call me that. And she's like, okay, fair enough. I'll call you Data. So she can learn and she can evolve, but it's it's just really hard for her to get past the fact that he's a computer and just can't so she's separate racist. him from a replicator. In a way, yeah. So she, she represents the is. racist person that doesn't see the humanity of something. And I think that's what I'm picking up on, even though I, d- you yeah. know, like I don't have the context that you do. She has this sort of like dismissiveness towards this being that, of course, I adore. So I'm going to be protective of in my own little mm. happy entertainment bubble. But I didn't like how she was talking to him. And she's fucking wrong. And we, you said, like, she's like postulating this question. Can Data go in and solve a mystery on his own? Mm. And I'll get to that in since Because that part pisses me the fuck off. And we're going to get there. We're going to mm, get there. Okay. We get the sense part. Because mm-hmm. I want to tear in to oh, her. Do it. I want to <clears throat> But we're talking about the things we liked. So. We do. I do want to clarify. I don't know. It's so tricky. I don't know that it's racism. It's. It's definitely like speciesist or speciesism. It's in that branch of she shouldn't get to even make that decision. It's oh. like, what does it matter? What does it matter to her whether he's alive or not? Like he is a person. He contributes to the crew. She should get over it. But it is interesting for the show to have that counterpoint um, of where she's coming from and where what her struggles are. With. Um, yeah, All she's right. definitely different to Beverly. She's definitely different. But what did you think of the um, the adversary Moriarty? Oh, More I loved him. The actor that plays oh. him. Oh, I loved it. Oh, Daniel Davis. Oh, he is so freaking good. He is my favorite Moriarty of all time. I am. I, oh wow! I'm such a nerd. I have read the Sherlock books. I've seen pretty much every adaptation of Sherlock TV show, movie, whatever. He is my favorite Moriarty. He is so so freaking good i would say that i enjoyed moriarty the actor but i also really enjoyed brent again brent spiner in this one i at one point in time i just wrote down in my notes i like that we're doing the series on data that we're kind of seeing Mm -hmm. the different aspects of what makes data data and kind of like we're really kind of doing a character focus right now essentially in the season and Mm -hmm. i like this a lot it is highlighting to me that within this little world of, you know, Star Trek and uh, science fiction and, you know, all this stuff, there is there are these really talented people that are bringing that to life. And in yeah. these kinds of episodes, you get to see them expand beyond their existing TNG character and show even more like, you know, when when Data is not only Data, but lore, there's there's that. Mm. And now mm-hmm. he's playing this sort of really enthusiastic <laughs> like <laughs> incredibly enthusiastic uh you sherlock holmes he has actually stolen the picture and is going to use it for blackmail Rip. yeah Rip. like data the, the the character data is so excited his programming is on oh. overdrive to perform this character but then there's brent spiner behind it all that's still going through mm-hmm. these various filters to deliver this really delightful sort of emphasized Sherlock Holmes. And it was really, really fun, you know, to watch pair that with Moriarty. And we had this nice balance of this enthusiasm with this character that was really complicated in a way that I didn't expect. It wasn't a computer program character. It was something Mm. that meant more and it gave more validity to the Star Trek universe because it's explaining holodecks. And this was, Mm -hmm. this is the episode you show someone when you're trying to explain the holodeck. 
This is the most they explain the mechanics of the holodeck. They still don't do enough, Barring to be honest. Barring one other episode. There's one other episode that does it a little bit better. But yeah, they still don't... Like, Geordie's throwaway lineup. And there are other ways that the, the computer tricks you as well. I was like, no, 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 tell me the ways. Yeah. Tell me the ways that right. I'm being tricked. Like, I want to know. I've been told that there's... Like, when you walk, it's essentially all moving around you. So it's you're a on treadmill. a treadmill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, why didn't you tell them that? Like, tell her that. Also, how does she not... It's a sin. How does she not know that? Ding. Okay. Moving on. Um, <laughs> so, but yeah, I, I loved I loved the character. He was... Uh, the actor. Just fantastic mm. to watch and, and really believable and drew me in multiple times when I was kind of able to check out. Because sometimes on these mm-hmm. episodes, you can kind of check out and multitask. Yeah. Um, but he drew me in. I, uh, also, Brent Spiner's performance drew me in, too. The way he speaks, the way he carries himself is so, so great. He is sinister but kind at the same time. And it's my biggest, biggest plus for this episode is is the villain. Like, it is so hard to make good villains. And the beauty of this villain is that he kind of isn't one by the end of the episode. He, he says, I am written as a bad guy. I'm written as a Victorian villain, as a caricature. But I've evolved beyond that. I'm now a person. I'm not what some person wrote me to be. I'm a thinking, feeling individual and I don't want to be the bad guy. I want to be free. I want to have a life. I want to get out of here just like you are. It's so It's, it's very so great. interesting. And what a clever way to conclude the episode as well. There's not a conflict. There's not a trick. There's not a computer override everything. There's not Yeah, there's zap no him. like there's, there's no solution. Down. Yeah, yeah. It's a conversation and he listens to reason as he, he's an intelligent individual. He knows there's not much he can do, and he's basically a prisoner. And that's how the episode the, the episode has the balls to end without this big climax, just a discussion. Oh, I love it. Love it. More yeah. climaxes like that. Yeah. Still sinful, but love it. Oh, no, it is not. I will fight you on that one. I can't wait. Okay, we'll get to that. Can, can it be oh, like crumpet oh. level fighting, or is it like... No, because we need to complete the show at some oh, point. Okay, <laughs> that okay. devolved into not being able to talk to each other anymore. No, we were doing great. That's what communication is all about. Just insane yelling, right? Yeah, just yelling at yeah, you and then breaking yelling. into the Legend of Zelda theme every now and again. Or the Enterprise. No, don't bring the Derp Prize. Leave it alone. Oh, okay, okay. Um, right, okay. You did mention Brent's performance as well. I completely agree. He does... Terrible English accents aside, it is absolutely a joy to watch him. Like when Geordie is saying, Well, we're gonna do one of your hobbies now and one of your pastimes, we're gonna go and play some oh, Sherlock Holmes. He, he was gets so his pipe happy. out. He's so freaking happy. I was like, uh, Commander LaForge, where can we find you? He can be reached on in London on twenty two B Baker <laughs> on Street. Baker Street. He's, no, 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 for real. Rah! We need to know where to find you. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, tally He was go. so excited. I had that written down too. He was so happy. Oh, he, it, this episode is pure joy. I think, I think the, oh, oh I want to talk about sins. Later. <clears throat> I'll write it down. I'll write it, it down. Write it down. Um, I love Geordie Long just doing his little notebook in the hands of some. The violin is an instrument capable of bringing tears and joy. And then he just, like, stops because, like, Data is playing the violin so beautifully. Data's thrown him in, himself into the part. What I what I love about Brent Spiner's performance is, and this is incredible writing as well, is that when he's perplexed and stumped, he breaks character. So when they turn the corner and he's like, I think we've caught up rather nicely with our quarry. And he's then faced with a dead end and he's just like, well, there should be a door. And he goes straight back into his data voice. Oh, I love that oh, so, it's so much. Good. Like, oh, he's stumped. 
he's actually confused. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. There there are many times, again, where Brent Spiner's performance in this was just fantastic. Or or the mm. moment whenever they're very first entering in uh, to the room and they're kind of like going around and discovering all this stuff. And the people, uh, the people show up, and and Data is receiving them, like maybe even reciting stuff from the book. I don't know. I've never read these books before, but I wouldn't doubt that Data is just, re- you know, reciting what he's read. Mm. And Jordy says, "Do they really talk like this?" And he just he just <laughs> immediately turns back into Data. He's like, uh, "Absolutely." <laughs> he's just so yeah, confident. I'm nailing this. Don't just, you? Don't, don't yeah. worry. <laughs> my Sherlock impression, uh, my Sherlock Holmes impression, is on point. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so yeah. I I love it. There are so many moments that give me chills. It's when I think my we both laughed at this moment, and I love knowing that these moments are coming. It's when Geordie gives the command, create an opponent that can defeat Data. Cut to the bridge, and it's just this power surge. And Wolf is just like looking at the computer. It's like, oh, I love huh, that. There was just part. a massive power train, and it's, yeah, you just ask the computer to beat Data, and just all of the systems shut down. It's exactly what would happen. Just mm-hmm. this massive power surge to to fulfill this wish. It's hilarious. The, it's so good. The other thing, like I kind of alluded to it, but the tension of this show specifically, like to kind of expound on that a little bit more. The tension of this episode was interesting because there was a you know a fake. Or a, or a like red herring death moment, like a, a, a murder to mm. potentially solve that wasn't really related to their mystery. Um, there yeah, he reluctantly solves because Geordie makes a hash of it. <laughs> yeah, and and that's interesting because like you're expecting it in the program, but the real tension mm. I felt was whether or not the doctor was in danger and what that kind of looked like, and then what would this this slowly con this this being that's gaining consciousness inside mm. the computer programming of the holodeck currently contained what does happen if it wants if it wants to take over if it wanted to yeah. demand that it be real it had the potential to do that they didn't have like you said they didn't have to solve it by rerouting things and flushing the system yeah. potentially like hurting the doctor permanently like like either killing her or hurting her they didn't have to do that uh, which would have been an, obviously like a last ditch effort to kind of get out of this mm. but the tension of that was building the whole time and the other tension that I thought was interesting was the moment whenever she's abducted and Data's like, nope, she's been abducted and, and it's serious. And Jordy's like, nah, she's just hiding. And there's that fear <laughs> of, oh, my God, if she's really in trouble, yeah. what if they just dismiss this because she's hiding and playing along? So I thought they did a good job of in all these different ways, kind of building the mystery of how they were going to wrap it all up by the end. Yeah. Um, so I really I really liked that part um, a lot. It's one of the hardest things about the holodeck is, huh, how easy is it for people to die on this thing? (laughs) Right. Because the safety protocols get turned off so quickly. I would always be like on edge that, am I safe? Am I really safe? Am I actually, is something been switched off that I don't know about? Um, But yeah, they balance the the light-hearted comedy and then throw it into the tension really, really well. Like this could have seemed like a spoofy, sherlock holmes parody episode but then it just gets so serious so quick it's like what if we have an actual moriarty that can actually defeat our sherlock holmes and our data um yeah, well and that's sinful so which good. will you get credit um on the forge's side of our burton i love his getting pissy at data for ruining the mystery for him he just slams the book it's like i want you to solve the mystery you liked that part oh i love with jordy getting lo- upset um so it's the way you get upset with your best friend. Is it? Like, immediate. 
I've never yeah, just guess, yelled at you about crumpets or something. Oh, you are know? you kidding? It's just imagine, not how real friendships are. Imagine like, no, 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 of course not. Of course not. Imagine we're playing a video game and I just do all of the cheat go- codes and skip us to the final level and do the reveal. And you've been looking forward to this, playing this video game for ages. Would you be annoyed at me? Listen, if I'm, I'm getting to the sins, but if I'm eight, then yes, this is how I respond. <laughs> What if this is like you once a month? This is your free time once a month. That's it. Again, if I'm if I'm a child, yes, that's how I would respond. I think I think Jordy has a safe space with data to be annoyed and to be himself and not pander to him and then explain. And then Jordy just say, "Look, I'm not actually mad at you. I was just really looking forward to this." When has an adult ever acted that way recently? <laughs> we are both putting our hands up right now. For the podcast listeners at home, our hands are in the air. Yeah, it's absolutely happening. Okay, no, I see your point, but I'll get to my sin here in a second. Okay. I feel restricted. Okay. Okay. I want to sin this my as we go. Goodness. Um, Can I talk about how cool it looked, though, when, when Picard is eventually like, they eventually get the captain involved uh, and they go back into the, um, the holodeck and it's like crackling and you can see the grids. That looked cool. Mm, it's really cool. Moriarty is like controlling the environment. It's like, and, <laughs> yeah, I love it. There's this I kind love of, it when shit goes wrong. like the door opens and we're seeing London. There's fog on the ground and everybody's walking around and it's just not looking quite right. And then there's this crackling. There's like a red light suddenly in the ceiling that there's not supposed to be a ceiling that's just supposed mm. to be open air. And it just gives you this feeling of like ultimate takeover uh, yes. It was really cool. I like that tension as well. That was it's really, really awesome. Cool. And all of like the holodeck characters are like like injured, ha- like almost yeah, they're not like, they're feeling hobbling, it. And it's like <laughs> yeah, no, I I love it. Also, also what was interesting too is the idea that Moriarty, as he gains this sort of understanding of the power of the ship, or he's trying to understand his environment or whatever, that he pulls this sort of like steampunk lever in his. His experimental basement and it rocks the actual ship. Yeah, that looked cool too. So I enjoyed that. Yeah, I think that's really really cool. It's his interpretation. I don't know how he built it so quick, but his in. Well, I guess he just asked the computer to like make it appear because he can just tap into anything. But I love that he designed it in a way that he would. Yeah, he would know things to look like. He's like, I know. It looks like a I'm gonna make this engine. happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so good. And the conversation between the two Ugh. of them, Picard, you know, as they're trying to, as Picard is understanding this adversary and kind of figuring out the best way to handle it, this back and forth between Moriarty and, and Picard was really fascinating. I think it's sinful for a specific reason because I'm just gonna spoil mm. it. It should have been with Data. Anyway, um, uh, but but the whole like I think therefore I am and Picard sort of recognizing that this being had you know a reason to want to to exist and finding the best solution. I enjoyed that mm. conversation a lot because I like I love Picard in those moments. There's something about the way that Patrick Stewart acts this character out, and I don't know if maybe it kicked in in season two because this feels more like the Picard I know. Whereas I've seen some earlier episodes, I'm like, who is that guy? <laughs> mm-hmm. A little. All of season one is like that. Yeah. Season two, he's getting there. Season three, Picard is when is our Picard. Um, it's really weird what kicks in in season three because that's when they change the uniform as well from this like low neck thing to like the the high neck collar that they have. So season three TNG is when pretty much everything is is as we know it. Yeah. Yep. Um, I I knew that Picard m- more that like conversational picard um things like that there was it just it just reminded me like oh that's comfortable it the tension is when someone who doesn't have power is trying to negotiate for power 
But when Picard mm-hmm. shows up, it's like, we have a solution incoming. And this, it, my brain was able and to settle down a little bit. That's why it had to be him and not Data. Because, it, oh, that's what Picard does. He's so great. And I, I love the little, when he's, him and Geordi are talking at the very, very end about the ship being repaired and whatnot. And he's like, it means that everything is in perfect order. As are we, Commander. Let's get to that. Can we yeah. can we get we to can, that? We can do it. Like last thing, I love the set design. I think it's beautiful. They did the Victorian stuff so so well. Like it's not just the holodeck that they turned on. They dressed everything to look like uh-huh. when I picture Holmes's study, I picture the one that Data goes into. It's so so. Um but yes, with that <laughs> I wanted to say more good things. I love this episode. I love it so much. Well then I what is Mariana it? T. Like I'll I cancel everyone. the red alert. What what is no, it? I love them all. No, it's fine. I love this episode. It's my happy place. Moriarty's incredible. I think okay, you already okay, said okay. that, though. Moving on. I think you, you said that. Did I really say it? Did I, I love Crumpet. Okay, with that, let's head to engineering. Four of us instances, futile. <gasps> Battle stations, everyone. Whoop, 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 whoop. Warning. Warp core collapse in 10 seconds. This is part of the show where we re-engage our sin brains, remind ourselves that no TV show is without sin. Especially our beloved favorite is top 10 episode of star trek you go first listen the most frustrating part of this episode come for on me let's go is in the scene where the doctor is talking to talking down at data mm-hmm. and jordy mm-hmm. in the in 10 forward so mm-hmm. this is what kicks off them going back into the holodeck and changing the programming to where data doesn't have to wrestle with what a mystery is anymore. and the entire premise of this is that the doctor believes that Data can't solve mysteries. Mm-hmm. But that is what happens every episode of this fucking show. Every episode, <laughs> something happens that the crew has to mm-hmm. figure out, and Data plays a role in offering mm-hmm. options and solving mysteries. And I find it infuriating that they would think that he is incapable of solving a mystery. I think she says specifically, I think I wrote it down, that the understanding of mystery is beyond Data. He can't solve one that he hasn't read. How fucking stupid is that? That I'm is gonna so play, stupid. I'm going to play devil's advocate. I'm so mad about it. Overall, I really like that discussion because she isn't... Mm, hang on. She she isn't... I'm allowed my eye rolls, sir. <laughs> no, silence your eye rolls. Um, I can hear them across the ocean. She She's actually being really respectful with like this argument. It isn't like snippy or like attacky she's very factual which is why she's an infuriating person to argue argue with but what she's i think it would be it's easy to understand if you think she's talking about a computer not data she doesn't think that a computer can solve a lateral thinking argument it can only solve things based on an output so so if data is solving mysteries it's because he's learning from example so he's pulling from oh yes this happened in 1929 on the whatever some coast or something similar happened so i'm going to solve this in a similar fashion she's saying that if you brought if you deleted all of his memory bank and just gave him a set of puzzles and parameters he wouldn't be able to come up with an answer that's fucking bullshit i i agree data is designed to absorb information if he turns to someone and says how do i get from point a to yes and guess what computers do all the time they run They're shit. They're not to good so- at solving mysteries. Sure, they are. They're not. A hundred percent. Hundred percent not. They're good at solving Sudoku puzzles and okay. stuff. They're not good at crosswords. So if I was to type into Google, 
a random series of of words to help me find the answer to uh-huh. to the computer. It's just a series of words, and it yeah. finds the solves the mystery. I use Google all the time yeah. to find it a something that search. I, yeah, it's present it's very intelligently mm-hmm. presenting you with websites that have the answer. Mm-hmm. Google doesn't know anything; it sends you to the people that does. But data does that too. And isn't that solving something? It's solving by using a problem. resources. It's not. It's not giving you the answer. It's telling you where to go to find the answer. Uh-huh, like data could just uh-huh. be designed as a big library access. Now, I I think it's super reductive, and I don't think right. she's right. So but that's then, the point every single make. episode of Star Trek where Data says, "I think I have a solution to this problem," including one that has the three pips on the side where they're repeating the same day over and over again, he comes up mm-hmm. with a solution that's not solving a mystery. Uh, it's 50-50. Jesus it's not Christ. That, God yeah, in guess, heaven, help anything, me. Anything could be a mystery. Anything could be a mystery. Exactly. And That's he just solves input. mysteries just, all the time. No, he's just like, I've seen, I've seen three a billion times today. That's unlikely. Oh, he has three pips. That is a bit of deduction. But it was like thrown at him. It was so heavy handed. Um, I, I don't know where I fall on this argument. Because for me, humans are exactly the same. We learn by rote as well. Mm-hmm. But we do have mm-hmm. like some out of the box thinking. Um, data. I don't know that he, he pushes does, the boundaries. Or he just imitates it. Like I could still make an argument that Moriarty isn't alive. He's just doing a great impression of what you would expect a hologram to know. So he could just be saying the words you would expect him to say if he knew about the outside. But I don't. Maybe in his head he really doesn't understand what he is. I just, just don't. That's words. not the character that this show is portraying. The character that this show portrays is something that's learning that wants to have a specific name. Like there's parts of data that are not just a computer, is what I'm saying. God damn it! I, l- Let's no, move I, on I don't to disagree. fucking crumpets. I do there's not disagree. No visual crumpet. In this episode, and that's a sin. That's my next sin. That's, that's the fair. second most sinful thing. She says she's is, been stuffed with crumpets. See the crumpets. We don't see any. You don't see them anywhere. Mm-hmm. That's because they are all inside her. <laughs> Look, I am not saying for the record that I disagree. Data is more complicated, but I see what her argument is. Anyway, my sins. Um, <laughs> I don't have any. Hang on, I've got to have a look through. How do you Let's not have, have any Let's sins? Have no, no, no. I have sins. I have sins. I have sins. Right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. This could have all been solved just by deleting Data's knowledge of Sherlock Holmes. Like, just for the next couple of hours, put it into an archive, remove it from his brain, and then give him a Sherlock Holmes mystery. Or use another author. Use Agatha Christie. Use a Klingon author. Just find a mystery that he hasn't solved yet and see if he can solve that instead of creating the supercomputer. Can we send the fact that the chief engineer has the ability to create to tell the computer system to do something so powerful that even the camp- captain can't just undo it like yeah i think that is another <laughs> big problem of this episode it's is everyone big. sitting around the table like well jordy mm. it seems you've just created life uh <laughs> <laughs> we need to talk to the enterprise because the enterprise just created something smarter than itself how did it do that? How it created it... something more intelligent than itself. Let's, can I also send the fact that this program, uh, which was designed with the, and I understand it evolved. I get it. It evolved. It had its own conscious. It was made to be this thing. But what brought it to life, its purpose was to defeat data. 
and it never actually did that. Instead, it got distracted by curiosity, and I think that's a sin of the show too. Well, that's the unpredictability of life, isn't it? You design it to do one thing, and then it decides it doesn't want to go to college, it doesn't want to be a doctor, it wants to go off and live on Mars, which is a good thing. That's fine. Yeah, Mars like, is great. I love it this time of year. The thing you may not do the thing that you expected. Okay, what's another sin for you? Um, another sin for me is um, LaForge getting all like philosophical and whimsical about like life on board a ship. You do not want that, sir. You do not want to serve aboard a boat at sea in the 1800s. That is some bullshit. Or 1700s, whatever. You do not want that life. Oh, just the wind and the sea. No. No, you do not. I promise. You do not want that. Hmm. You don't? Are you sure? Are you sure? Do you? Do you want to live on a boat at sea? In the 1700s? Oh my gosh. I cannot wait for all the syphilis. I'm so excited right, for it. Right, got it. Yeah. yeah. Good. I hear that comes with a lot of crumpets. <laughs> as long as there's crumpets there. Then you really do have to count how many lumps you have. Um, I have a feeling that the description of this <laughs> podcast episode is just going to be crumpets, 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 and no one's going to know what's going on. Oh, Jesus. Be crumpets. This week, crumpets. Um, I also thought that it was sinful that the person in charge of security would see a strange blip on the bridge on his computer mm. go over to investigate it and then just be like Meh. <laughs> yeah Meh. this is fine yeah this is okay he literally just kind of like oh this. but it's not there anymore i saw it but it's not there anymore as if that's okay like that's when you run a diagnostic check that's when you're like what did i just see and miss and also if there's a power surge inside of your starship that is dangerous enough to show up on the security system and no one double checks that, I don't know. A lot of this episode is avoiding these kinds of things so we can have the story. And let me just remind everybody, just in case you've forgotten, we loved this episode, but we, I just can't help but be a little nutty about some stuff. <laughs> You're right, though. Like, it, one sentence should not create the chaos that we see there. It should Oops. have raised so many red flags. Oops. There should have been, yeah, power drains everywhere. We need to address this. It's almost sure. it's almost like this episode, if you watch the... So we watched an episode where Data takes the ship over whenever Dr. Soong calls him back with the homing device. And so he like... Mm. It was very complicated to take over the ship in that episode. But in this episode, it just takes Jordy being like, make it hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah make it difficult let me give you the parameters of just this real general statement make it difficult and then it's like yeah. the whole ship is given over to the holodeck too so it just it should not be that easy. it shouldn't definitely shouldn't be that easy it's amazing i love it um i'm still not done with the ship the boat the the, the, the uss victory why is he building that in engineering um <laughs> is this is your place of work my friend build it in your quarters there's, there's no reason that needs to be in engineering, other than they really wanted that scene the to be in engineering. The ship is hanging reason. out in the most Next important Next to the walk like, <laughs> right? The like, most... And I love it. The people that are, like, working around Geordie, yeah. they're just like, um, sir, we're running a diagnostic, and he's like, up, 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 up. What? I'm building my ship. <laughs> Leave me alone. Hold on a second. But, Not quite done with the rigging yet. Um, yeah, but, uh, sir, it's resting on a, on a panel that I need. I need that. It's currently pressing on the warp core panel thing that we no 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 mm -mm. putting the gangplank in mm -hmm. it, don't bring your hobbies to work geordie i want to sin uh that i i saw a character development situation that didn't actually happen 
because mm, there was this okay. part of me that wanted the doctor to be saying those things to Data about him not being capable of solving a mystery to goad him into getting more experience. Oh, you thought it was deliberate. I thought it might have been deliberate. And I was really disappointed nope, that it just wasn't deliberate asshole. at all. Yeah, that was kind of a bummer for me. And, and I don't know. She's not an asshole. She just has a different perspective. As misguided as it is, and it is the wrong perspective. I'm like, sorry, she you said trying to come it's from the a place wrong of logic. perspective, but she's not wrong. She's she's not wrong in her logic. It's just morally wrong, and it's probably factually wrong. But I see how she gets there. I see where she's coming. From. Like like what toaster fucked up her bread enough that she's so mad at all machines? You know, just so right. a- I love that you're comparing data to a toaster. Interesting. Hey, that was in the chat earlier, and I thought it was funny. Oh, so now you're stealing jokes as well as hating on Dana. Interesting. Wow. Um, okay, I'm just going to take a-, a five minute break here. We'll <laughs> we'll be back. Uh, we'll be back. We just we need to calm down a little bit. Back with some more crumpets. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a very slight nitpick. Um, Dana is like um, he's the Moriarty is the only person that Holmes couldn't defeat or had to do so at the cost of his own life at the Reichenbach Falls. Sherlock does not die at Back Falls. Back Falls. Everybody thinks he died. He actually faked his own death. He actually goes on to live a long life. Keeps BB. So either people didn't read or just like, hey, what happened to Sherlock and Moriarty? And someone said, oh, yeah, he died. He didn't die there. A little nitpick. Uh, another sin for me is uh, after they re-enter into the holodeck and they're trying to have Data realize like the, the true mystery of it all. Data basically says, I don't know what's happening. But then immediately he's like, but I do know that that is Moriarty and that's the direction that we're going because that's the next obvious step. So it's like, so you don't know what's going on, but you do know to go to this convenient door because it's just right here. Because he's he's essentially saying, I know who that is. That's Moriarty. How does he know that? Pretty I don't. Much. So it's kind of like this weird thing where they want us to believe that Data doesn't know what's going on, but he still clearly does know what's going on. And I agree with you. I wish they would have just done like an Agatha Christie 90 degree turn and done something completely mm-hmm. unexpected. Because we need to get to the, the crux of it. We need the yeah. conflict. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, You're going to love this one so much. Why shouldn't the doodle of the Enterprise have- and the paper that it was on be holographic? Oh, I don't mind that it's upside down. 100%. Because I was like, how is this coming out of this room? Why is it leaving the holodeck? It should have disappeared. Number two, it's completely upside down so that when Jordy does his magical reveal, it's to the camera and it's the Enterprise. It's, and yeah, that, just, that was like, okay, okay. He would know it like it was weird that data presented it to him upside down. I get that Geordie would be able to see it, but that moment is 100% so he can do the dramatic spin to camera of it's the Enterprise. Listen, I think we should come up with a list. Mm. Okay, so we're going to say this and then I think we should read this list in the outtakes of what the chat says. What did you think was on the paper the first time? Because I was trying to figure this out. That was another one of those interesting mystery moments like where it's like what is on the paper, right? Oh, got it. Because they don't show it for like a heart. You meant you misinterpreted the drawing and I was like, what else did you think it could be after you saw it? But you mean before it's revealed? Yes, Ian, that is what I mean. I I definitely knew that when the paper turned around that that was the shape of a ship i did i did yeah. know that yeah. it wasn't a crumpet just it was a big crumpet just it was a doodle of a crumpet <laughs> it was just like, this... how does he know that crumpets exist he's a genius crumpets sex toys just synonymous anymore i don't know what would have been more interesting than the the reveal of the enterprise i thought it was a positronic network i thought it was oh, going to be shit. like him trying <laughs> to understand data because he was going to defeat data oh, i thought the point of this episode was to try to defeat data and that he was going to be 
figuring out how to destroy his his enemy, which they didn't do. And I'm a little bummed about that. I mean, I want everybody to survive, of course, but that seems like that was going to be like the purpose of it all. Um, but instead, it was the purpose of like life and, and, and consciousness or something, which is great. It was fun. It was interesting. And I didn't mind it. We've already talked about that. But at that moment, I thought he his purpose is to try to figure out what to do to defeat data. So I thought that it would be something to do with data. And so I thought he had drawn out the schematics of his brain. Mm, do you remember like something that you thought it was? Um, no, it was, I knew it was, when he said, why does it scare you so much? I thought it would be more scary than the, um, than the Enterprise. Like it would be like a phaser or like some programming, some bit of code that meant that he knew how to like blow up the ship or it was some mystery or something about data's past <laughs> that like he'd managed to dredge up. But a drawing of the Enterprise is perfect. It's so, so simple. It's so, it's so exactly what you would, the last thing that you would expect from a hologram to be able to do would be to draw the thing that they're inside of. Um, it's, it's really simple and it's really, really cool. I think it works really, really well. It does work well, except for it was yeah. upside down. Except for it was upside down. Mm -hmm. um, we have a literal roll credits moment <laughs> where Pulaski says, elementary, dear data. Uh, not often we get that in Star Trek anymore. Uh, let's see. I think actually that's it for me. I'm pretty sure. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty really? sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I kind of already mentioned it, but the fact that Picard says saves the day was the maybe the next biggest bummer besides believing that data can't solve mysteries um, for me. Personally, I don't want to get back into that, Ian, just to be very clear. Uh, no, nope, I'm not, I, not doing I personally feel like nope. that's the biggest sin of this. But then the second biggest, I don't, again, I don't would be Picard, I think, coming in to to solve the problem when the show set it up that this would have been a really interesting win for Data. So essentially, the Doctor has proved correct that Data cannot solve mm. a mystery. And that bummed me out. <laughs> but that's okay. No, I get it. It would have been nice to give Data the big moment, but we already went 30 minutes without Picard in this episode. Um, I guess you kind of had to give him something at the end. Um, someone in the live chat did mention that they dressed up Worf um, in the Victorian clothing purely so that Riker could have a pop at him. And then you never see Worf again. It's like, we want to dress the Klingon as a Victorian. Uh, I totally agree. Yeah, that would that would definitely be a sin. Oh, oh, so we are stealing live viewers' perspectives? Um, yeah, when you give them credit ahead of time. Yes. Oh, I see. But I also do love that, like, Picard, like, bats his hat and Worf gets, like, ready for battle. He's, like, ready to pop Picard. He's like, what was that noise? I just wanted to see Worf go inside. It would have been... Uh, that's another show entirely. All right. That's, that's uh, back to Crumpet Chat. Anything else, Captain? Um, I have got... Why can't they just beam Pulaski out of the holodeck? They don't even give, like, a lip... Lips, you know, they don't even give lip service to the fact that the transporters don't work. Or thing. I mean, I assume it's because... Moriarty has control of the, the transporters, but who knows? You'd think he would have tried to beam himself out. I know, Just out right? of ignorance. Mm -hmm. Just out of like not realizing it would have killed him. Yeah, um, that would have been interesting. It's really interesting that he doesn't just try and walk off the holodeck, but I guess he does enough research to know that he he cannot do that. Um, There is one little, little, little niggly. When Geordie brings up the arch to create the mystery for Data, Moriarty's already there. Yeah. 
and he's already observing the arch as if it's strained. So it's just very interesting that before Geordie creates the command, Moriarty is already watching. So I thought about this and I was I was thinking about this whenever I was watching it because the, the, the music kind of cues in on Moriarty and the camera cues over to him as, as this program is being created. My only thought on this was that a, a holodeck person saw it and rather than restart the program, the program was updated. So mm. if the program had just been stopped then Moriarty wouldn't have remembered that he saw it because it would have restarted, refreshed. They would have reset the scene and then it would be a brand new thing. Mm. Um, but because they didn't restart the program, the holodeck person that saw the arch then has that knowledge and that character just already happened to be mm. conveniently the bad guy. <sighs> yeah. That was the I only just... thought that I had because it was it was strange that that didn't, you know, it, pre it, it pre-existed. Because... In theory, if the holodeck characters can see the arch, then shouldn't all of them react to it? If shouldn't they all saw of them be it, like, yeah. what the fuck is that? Yeah. Like, they should just be ignoring it, as they should be programmed to ignore anything that doesn't look like yes. it should be in their world. That's but. the theoretical thing, is that they saw it, uh, and they would react to it, and then the program didn't change, and so they would have carried that information forward. But Moriarty's character was downloaded a whole bunch of stuff after given this protocol, after Jordy changes the 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 program. Suddenly mm -hmm. he's and he even says in there something like, My mind just feels so expanded. Like he's that character has changed and now he's using that arch as the starting mm -hmm. point of that change and that begins his curiosity. Um and somehow that overrided his desire to defeat data. Get it. Okay. Which is that. the third third most sinful part of this episode, for sure. <laughs> Amazing. Right. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. If you want to join in on this ridiculous, ridiculous show um, live and as it happens. What do you mean you ridiculous? Can, you can watch anything from <laughs> you can watch everything from 10 forward onwards live on Twitch every Friday at 12 p.m. Central and on YouTube live. Next week, your homework will be to watch. Um, I forgot what season it's in. Oh, no. Anyway, it's Ship in a Bottle. Um, it's season seven, I believe, or season six, one of the two. Anyway, you will find it, but it is Star Trek The Next Generation, ship in a bottle. Join us next week for a discussion on that. And until next week, I'm going to ask the computer to create an adversary capable of outthinking the ambassador. Nope, no power drain. <laughs> You're such a dick. <laughs> and I kind of love it. But wow. Ugh. All right. It's a uh, fuck you, Captain, for me. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Want to connect with the show? Our hailing frequencies are always open through captainspod at cinemasins.com. Like, comment, and subscribe on your podcast player of choice, and be sure to visit cinemasins.com. I'm here, Captain Whittington. Ready for the board. <laughs> what was my name again? Captain Whittington. Whit Whittington? Whittington. There's a G in there somewhere, Whittington. Ambassador. Whittington. Mm, Captain Whittington. Grumble. Whittington. Whittington. Thank you. Much Captain better. Captain Whittington. Get off my bridge. Rindington. But Whittington. <laughs> Rind I'm only doing it I <laughs> between me and you. I'm not doing it publicly. Thank I thought, you. I thought it was. Yeah, there's, there's no way I'm using this, not using this in the outtakes. Oh, shit.
Are you? You can't. Who's him? No. Who's him? You're Close winking to... How cold is it where you are right now? In this particular room? No, in, or in just your in state. The, in the world. Yeah. Negative 18. In, in Fahrenheit. Celsius. Oh, no, in Celsius. Celsius. Oh, what's that yeah. for the Americans? I, I changed it to Celsius. <laughs> um, In Fahrenheit. Oh, okay. Okay, advertisements. I see you. It's zero. Zero degrees. Oh, zero Fahrenheit it's- is no joke. So we went to Silver Dollar City, which is like this local theme park that we have. And they have this really fantastic Santa world set up. And it's the first place we took my daughter to see Santa. And then we've just traditionally taken her to this specific place every year. Right. Mm-hmm. So we go back. We're standing in line for Santa. And Iris says, Mom, how many Santas are there? Is this the real Santa mm-hmm. or are there many Santas? And I expertly reply, that's a great question, Iris. The whole thing is a con. <laughs> no, I said, are you asking if this is the only Santa here where we are right now? And she said, yes. I was like, yes, this is the only Santa oh, right here, right dick. now. <laughs> That's not what she was asking. No, it's not. No. But we'll get to that when she gets older. Uh-huh. And she said, then she says, well, how many Santas are there? Mm. Because she is curious. Okay. And, and I said, well... Different people think different things about the answer. What do you think? And she says, I think this is the only Santa. And I said, mm. that's exciting, isn't it? She said, yes. And we moved on. Interesting. Interesting. I felt pretty good about that. Okay. I mean, as good as you can feel about this concept that we lie to our kids. It's so hard. It's so me. fucked up. It's so, it is the most ingrained lie in society that it's only in the last couple of years that I've truly realized how fucked up it is. The other day, she said something about reindeer flying, and mm. she was like, we're in the we're in the back car. She's like, "Mom, isn't it so crazy that reindeer can fly?" And I said, nope. "Well, <laughs> rain, reindeer can't fly. Real reindeer can't fly. You the real crushed the real." Her dream. And I didn't even think oh, about no, it. Did her I face just, just sink? She was in the back seat. I was driving. I did, I chose to not make eye contact. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> I wanted to share that story with you because I was very pleased to not ruin Santa Claus. Yes. And well, this year. We were in line. There's other children present. Oh, I'm like, I have to proud. be so careful right proud. now. There's no law against that. There's no, what they're going to do? Put you in prison for telling the truth? Uh, wait, no, no, no. no. There's no prison, but there are there are things that I just like, I'm going to try my best. We had Free a few rules. We had a few rules of radio. Mm-hmm. Don't say fuck is one of them because you'll be fine. Big one. That's why we like to podcast. There's there's a fine for that. Fuck. But on radio, big, big no, no. Plus, we did a family show. So, Mm. of course, we're not cussing. Of course. Of Of course. course. Uh, The other big rule, this one was one that was like law, but not federal law, like fuck. (laughs) So, in radio, there's like different, is there like international law that's above federal law? (laughs) Probably. Can't say the C word. (laughs) That one was... Do not, do not talk about Santa Claus. Just don't talk about it? Now, it's is a, that a it, religion thing our, or a danger our, of exposing? No, it was danger of exposure. Okay, it was, yeah. you are you could literally ruin something for so many children oh, with man, one. just being broadcast. With one don't thing. Don't even risk yeah. it. Because mm-hmm. we did a morning show for, for families to listen to. Yeah. Which, for those of you listening, yes, I was appropriate. Yes, I filtered myself expertly. It was a great, fun time. I, I do not envy your co-host, Aaron Dicer. <laughs> was he just, Why? Was he just always on edge? <laughs> just, oh, is this 100%. The day, is this the yeah. day she does it and just goes, fuck! 
No, I did that one day. Oh, no. There was this one day. Oh. So the way that it works is we would finish our little bit and then we would ramp back into the music. The music mm. would start. And there's this brief moment, sometimes up to like five seconds, where the microphones are still live. Hot. Yeah. Are hot. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I kept the lingo. And you're backing away from the microphone so that the music can start. <laughs> and then people, people can, you know, like turn up the music, bob mm. around in their cars mm-hmm. or wherever they're mm-hmm. at in the world. And then you come back in a few songs later and hopefully have something interesting to talk about again. Yeah. In this moment, I, for specific reasons, have a mo- something happens and I exclaim, oh, no. fuck, really loudly. <sighs> I think- but I was backing away from the microphone. Oh. I was falling. It, there was a reason, okay? Okay, okay. Aaron pushed you. It, it was it was instinct. Yeah. From across the, <laughs> yeah. the broadcast table, uh-huh. he just reaches over with his long arms. He had a big pole. He just poked you off. So yeah, so I fall and I say fuck really loudly. And for the next three hours, we were waiting for the for Danae to be fired. We were watching the phone lines to see if they were going to light. That was the first thing. See if anyone both heard it and complained. We look at each other, make eye contact, shocked. We look down. We see that the mics are hot. He hits the button. Yeah, okay. Mics are Is off. Is it time traveling? <laughs> we just stop. There's the oh, silence. The music no. is starting up. People are like... And then we look over to the phone lines. Now, the phone lines, we were very used to them lighting up because we had a really fun interactive show. Nothing. No lights. Okay. Song two comes on. No lights. Okay. Song three comes. So we're doing pretty good. We go back into the tapes. We try to figure out if it was recorded. We try to figure out if it was heard. Because again, I had backed away from the microphone. So we we weren't quite sure. And the music had started. So if it happened, maybe it was masked, but we didn't know. Mm. You'll never know. About 10 minutes later is when my boss comes to work. He pulls in and we we worked inside of this studio that was uh, right against the walls and all the walls were windows so we could see people coming and going. Mm-hmm. So we watch him pull in. We watch him go to the far back part of the park, parking lot. We watch every footstep he makes oh, no. all the way to the door. each step, see how angry it is. Uh-huh. I am butt clenched. Oh. Turn around. There's a window that like when you walk in, you can see into our booth. He looks up. He waves. Very normal wave. Okay. Very everyday okay, wave. Okay, good. Comes around the corner. The door is open to the studio. He says, morning, guys. And we're like, morning, Hi. boss. And he goes to his office. And Aaron and I look at each other. And we're like, but we have multiple bosses. So then we oh, do it every no. single time people come in all day. Oh, what a terrible day. <laughs> What a we were in, horrible we were, day. Like stomach churning for hours. Come for the Trek talk. Stay for all the British talk. Right, Gavna? Water bottle. She really, really struggled to believe that Data is a person. So she struggles. You good? Too many crumpets? Go on. Thank you. <laughs> this will not be Crumpet in the episode. In the Go on. <laughs> This is why you watch live, people. I am so sorry. I apologize to the live audience. <clears throat> I'm a bad, I'm a very bad person. We'll, we'll, <clears throat> we'll be right back. <laughs> <coughs> and until then, it. I'm going to ask the computer to find a... Damn it, I wrote this down. I'll see you back. Damn it. Damn it. You got to restart it, Captain. No. Oh. Uh-huh.
Lolly, why do I hear all countdowns back from Five and a Thunderbird's voice? That is because you, my friend, had an outstanding childhood, and so did I. Five, four, three, two, and then there's special emphasis. Lolly will know what I mean on that last one. It's like a big one. Thunderbirds are go. This is not the show. That took me so long to figure out what you were having. Uh, let's do this one from Knife Elmo. When the merch store opens, I hope to buy a Captain's Pod shirt uh, and a hoodie that says Crumpets. Just Crumpets. I mean, wouldn't it be cool if there was a shirt that had a crumpet that was a starship? <laughs> you oh know? my goodness, I would love that. Here's a question. Does that character Moriarty ever come back? Next question. No, I want to know if he ever comes back. I'm not telling you. That means yes. That means yes, he comes back. Uh, which do you prefer, the original TNG SSN 1-2 intro or the SSN 3-7 mm. intro? As a kid, Jagged was really mad that they changed the intro, and it was nice to see the old one. Yeah, I so the the season 1 and 2 opening takes you through like the solar system and through like Jupiter and Saturn, I think. And then season 3 to 7 is more just like nebula and space. I really, I, I do prefer the 3 to 7, but... I love the hit of nostalgia of seeing the older internal nostalgia, which is odd, of seeing the other opening. But yeah, I love it. And the, I think the theme tune is slightly different as well. I know like the opening credits, they for the, the big Star Trek blue on screen, they add this like ripply wavy, which is really cool. Um, yeah, but I love it. Sarah says, following up on that, how do you feel about Faith of the Heart from Enterprise? I was so mad they added words, then got super into it. That's pretty much everyone's experience. And if you haven't got to the loving it part, it means that you just haven't watched it long enough. Um, so this is the only Star Trek opening that actually has words and lyrics and like an acoustic guitar. And I think you've Googled it at some point and said, what is this bullshit opening? Me? Um, yeah, we've definitely listened to it at some point. I've got faith. Oh home. yeah! Going where my heart will take me, and it's 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 pretty great. It's, but it's, pretty, it's great. Pretty it's pretty great. It's pretty great. It's pretty. I love it. I get into. It. I love that they added like an electric guitar in season three that was like super unnecessary but brilliant. Uh, in that same kind of realm, Steve said, um, "Not ta- uh, real talk though. Stargate SG One theme is probably the best TV sci-fo intro, intro ever." It goes hard. Like the Stargate theme goes really, really hard for the first 10 seconds and then does the Star Trek swoopy orchestral thing. I love it. Yeah, that's a great show. Uh, Steve Narif also said, I still haven't ever even seen TNG and that's why this is so entertaining for me. It is entertaining for us too, honestly. May, I love it so may much. Your, may your deity of choice bless you in the way that you wish because hanging around... Having no idea what we've just watched is is beautiful. Good for you. I love it. Uh, Jacket says Data and Jordy are into are into role play, and Jordy gets mad and that Dana prematurely completed. Ding! That's a great way to to send that episode that particular asked, part. Asked and answered. Yeah, That's a great absolutely. way to send that part because it it was to me a little frustrating to watch Jordy be so angry that Data is solving. No, granted quote unquote i'm doing in quotations solving the mystery at lightning speed which just means he's just going through the motions 
I liked our conversation during the show, though, because I have been it's been brought to my attention as I've gone through the um, the database of my of my history that I have definitely overreacted many times <laughs> upon reflection. Polytopia. Um. <laughs> I'm not used to losing. I won. I won a game of Polytopia. The first thing that we game that we ever streamed together Brutal. was Polytopia. Mm-hmm. And Danae ruined me. She absolutely destroyed me. Spanked and then hard. we play a private match that goes on for about three hours and I eventually win. It was rude. But how he won, to be quite honest, let's just like I was the sorest of losers. It just the took, is, it took so after, long to, to I beat. I won me. after half an hour, but it took another hour and a half or more. To of me fighting you back, you yeah, would I was not fighting give back. Up. No, you were the resistance no, army. No. I was worried you were going to make this comeback. Even there was no way. With all of the resources, no. I was, I was scared. Here's one from Slab. Biggest sin for me. Why is the Enterprise hanging around in empty space for three <laughs> days, waiting right? for another ship? Can't they just warp to where the other ship is and save three days of nothing? Yeah. Uh, that's a great sin. Props to There's you, Slab. There's nothing else to do now but wait. Like, the flagship of the, the of Starfleet doesn't have anything better to do than sit around and wait. But maybe they just want a break, honestly. Like... I mean, some downtime. Just take a little downtime. Ding! They should know it never goes well. The holodeck... Whenever you have some free time, don't go to the holodeck. Okay, so I like this one Uh, from Slab. Aren't crumpets just English muffins? Now, before Ian freaks out, Lolly says not even slightly... Does it look like... It's on the screen right now. Does it look like an English muffin? Yes, it does look like an English muffin. For the record. It doesn't look great. For the record, it does look like... The holes are way like, further apart. It looks It also doesn't as, taste... It looks as close... When I first saw the picture of a crumpet, I was like, mm-hmm. oh, that's an English muffin. That's a first... Listen, it's just part of how okay. it is, okay? Fair enough. Uh-huh. But it's very different. Like, texture, taste, it's very, very different. Steve, Steve not reused replies, you know what they call English muffins in England? Muffins. <laughs> Spitting facts. Absolute truth. Uh, and then Slab says, are they English muffin adjacent? And this is where I, re- I really want to say the answer depends on who you ask. Ian is right. I am also right. Because let me tell you something. If I was to introduce this food to Iris, I would, I would think of a food that is similar that she has eaten. And I would say, start there. And this is how it's a little bit different than that. But I would start there. It's like, it's like if you're going to get a car, you, you would say... Like, it's kind of like a Jeep, but it's this. Like, you start with something you know, and for... It's kind of like a Jeep, but it's a bike. (laughs) Jesus fucking Christ. You are absolutely infuriating. I I adore you, but you're infuriating. (laughs) It's not about... Oh, my God. Crumpets are crumpets, and stop trying to culturally appropriate them to your American English muffins. Thank you, Lolly. Lolly? Thank you. I know that you wrote this a long time ago, but it is relevant right now. Yep. And if my grandmother had wheels, she'd be a bicycle. It's it's not the same. Can we go to a compliment about me now? So I feel better about Please. myself. Thank you, Shireen, for saying, Danae is absolutely incredible. She and Jeremy are my absolute favorites. The entire team is incredible. But Danae and Jeremy just, oh, I don't know how to explain it. Keep up the fabulous work. Fuck yeah. Um, I loved this from Zinc Um, The chat loved it as well. Um, They were saying, like, would Klingons um, be great at murder mysteries? (laughs) I was like, no Klingon murder mysteries for sure, because there's no honor in denying having killed someone. You just turn up to the scene, (laughs) like, I did it. It was me. He's not wrong. Or she or they. Zink, you're not wrong. You're not wrong at all. Zink, you're not wrong. That is, (laughs) they would own that shit. Like, yeah, I did it. And therefore, the genre doesn't exist, because who's not going to admit to doing it? I love it. It's That's amazing. 
This one's nice from Jagged because uh, it paints me as someone who might know what the fuck I'm talking about with Star Trek. Danae pushes up nerd glasses. Um, actually, that type of power surge should result in a level <laughs> three diagnostic, at least maybe a level two. <laughs> oh my god. Um, yeah, actually, correct. that would be correct. something that if Worf saw that, he should absolutely report that to his superiors. Also points to Jagged for um, noting that the lower the number, the more detailed the diagnostic. I totally knew that. So level two is more detailed than a level three. I did not. So I mean, I totally, points. I definitely. Your, your knowledge is noted. Congratulations, Jagged. You are now part of the crew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Join us. Um, thoughts on scone, Sarah says. Uh, also, is it pronounced scone or scone? Scone. Scone. Hmm? I mean, this is just another one where Ian and I butt heads. And it's just, it's one of those unfortunate things about two people that maybe are just designed from the beginning of time to just just be a bird. Butt heads and argue. Yeah. Yeah. I do say scone. I do not say scone. Because there's an E at the end of the word, capitalizing the O. So it's scone. And my thoughts are, I'm not convinced I've ever had one. (laughs) Even though I have eaten them and they are labeled scone, I'm not sure that uh, what I am consuming is actually a scone the way no, that it's you, intended to be. No, you did. You had one in Cheddar Gorge. I did? You went to that little tea room and yeah. you had scone with the jam and the, the clotted well, I thought cream. That was, I thought that was a biscuit, but biscuits aren't biscuits. That biscuits was a scone. Are sc- biscuits are very similar to scones. See, this is what I'm saying. You. They are very, very similar. Apart from we have them as a sweet thing, you have them as a savory. They're lighter though. Scones are lighter than Okay. Yes, you you have eaten. Oh shit! Uh, just don't start the jam on top of cream versus uh, vice versa debate. You will be here until New Year. Personally, I have the jam first and the clotted cream, and I can't even remember if that's the offensive way or not. It's just the way that I do it. I think most people do the clotted cream first and the jam, but that's not how I do. It. I offended multiple people by how I ate when I was in England. <laughs> so, oh my goodness, you so, did. <laughs> so I, I didn't. I don't know about these things, and I have a lot to learn. I recognize you that. You asked for a croissant with your fried <laughs> breakfast, and the farmer just went, <laughs> "What? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you doing?" And then I called it bread. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the client like, instead of bread, and he's like, "What?" He may as well have asked for a pizza instead of bread. Random question uh, from Link. Is Aaron going to come back on Captain Pod, Captain's Pod anytime soon? The answer is anytime soon, no. <laughs> Just, no, he's been banned. He will it's return for answer. Strange New Worlds um, Season 2, yes. I believe. All being well. That's that's the hope. The hope is uh, is that we all have enough bandwidth for Aaron to come back on that, on that, that yes. show in particular because he really enjoyed watching the first season, obviously, with us. Oh, so, so good. So, so good. So, so good. I only have a couple more comments that I pinned and yeah. Uh, oh yeah, Aaron is fine. It's just uh bandwidth. Oh, no, 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 he is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're all this three people on one podcast wipes out half the team for three hours. Um not ideal. I'm not sure, Jagged. I haven't gotten a message, but he's not always one to just share that stuff right away. So we'll see. The pause was unsettling. I apologize. I'm so sorry to concern everyone. Aaron is fine. Oh, <laughs> oh shit. Oh my goodness. Oh god. <laughs> what oh my done? god. Oh no. Aaron, oh we no. We need proof of life. Okay, you need to message Aaron. He needs to make an appearance. We have a special treat. We have a Dyson. You guys we have look, proof of life. He's fine. I'm just trying to get some Taco Bell, guys. What is going on? <laughs> Well, can you order me something? Order me some crumpets. Oh, I want Taco Bell. 
some crumpets from Taco Bell you want. Okay. Yes, please. Listen. Yes, please. Okay, so here, here's, what ha- here's what happened. Someone said, okay. is Dicer a grandpa yet? No no, 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 no. That's not what inspired this. Somebody asked if uh, Commodore, if, yeah, Commodore Dicer was going to come back on the show. And, okay. and Danae replied with a long pause. The short mm-hmm. answer, no. Interesting. And then this is news the to me. chat just blew up. It's because... With, no, okay, to be fair, the question was anytime soon. And then <laughs> she said no. And then there was a big dead silence. And the chat just went, is he okay? Is he- I, I panicked everyone because I paused. And here's why mm-hmm. I paused, Aaron. I paused because I was trying to remember when Strange New Worlds comes out. And I was realizing the card comes first, then Strange mm-hmm. New Worlds. And so you're not coming back until Strange New Worlds. So I paused right. to think about it. I answered the question. Such and in pause. that gap... <laughs> <laughs> which was a little long inadvertently a little long people thought that you weren't okay so thank you for you're, this, you're fine listen this is the effect i have on people danae i remember i once texted <laughs> you uh goodbye danae and uh simply because i was leaving for the day and you thought i had died and was in a mangled car crash so it could it was it was a really unexpected text <laughs> message i am here I am alive. I am here. I had a clear shot to a Taco Bell drive-thru that is now five cars deep. So, <laughs> go, go, uh, go. Thank, we thank love you. you. We're, we're, we're wrapping go, the show. Go. Bye. You, bye. Okay, bye. Love you both. Bye. <laughs> Got pins and needles in my buttocks. Pins and needles in my ass cheeks. Pins and needles in my upper thigh. Pins and needles and I don't know why.